Hello, and welcome to the Pet Business Coach Podcast, where I help you make your pet business dreams a reality. I'm your pet business coach, Eliza, and this is episode number three. In the last episode, we talked about the five stages of entrepreneurship. Today, we're going to be talking about questions for each of those five stages. You're going to learn what questions to ask yourself, depending on what stage you're in, and how to use the answers to those questions to help make your journey a little bit smoother. I think it's going to be an amazing show, so give the dog a bone and the kitty some catnip, and let's dive right in. In my last episode, I talked about the five stages of entrepreneurship, which were discontentment, realization, hope, grind, and balance. I wish someone would have explained these stages to me before I started my journey. I'm pretty sure I would have still started my own business and I would have still gone through all of these stages, but I truly believe I would have been better equipped to handle them had I known upfront what was coming and how to best prepare ahead of time if possible for them. At the very least, being aware of the five stages and specifically what questions to ask during each phase would have allowed me to navigate within them with a little bit more confidence and clarity. No matter what stage you're in, it's helpful to know what's coming and what you can do to be proactively preparing for it. In this episode, I'd like to walk through what some key questions you should be answering are based on which stage you're in to allow you to hit your challenges confidently. The first stage is discontentment. And as a reminder, this is the stage where you're dissatisfied to some level with your current situation. Most often, this means you're unhappy with your current job. You're probably in a nine to five job and you enjoy it, um, or at least you used to enjoy it, but lately you seem to have fallen out of love with it a little bit or maybe even a lot. It might be for reasons you recognize but feel unable to change, such as uh, maybe you have a lack of challenge or a terrible boss. Many times, however, the person isn't even sure why they feel this way. They just know they do. It's a gut feeling that we might not even be able to verbalize or explain rationally. You're unhappy, but you're not yet quite sure what you want to do about it at this stage, and the questions here are all about figuring that out. Question number one, why are you dissatisfied? This sounds really basic, but in fact, this is one of the hardest questions to answer for most people. As humans, we tend to look for the easy path. This isn't an insult, it's simply an observation. There's a reason for this, evolutionarily speaking. It didn't make sense for the caveman to trek a mile over a mountain to find food when he could take a shortcut through the forest to reach the same food. We're always looking for the easy way out, the quickest way to weight loss, the shortest route to work, the latest modern convenience that can make our lives easier. The same goes for our emotional state. It's easy to say you're unhappy because you don't make enough money or your boss is an idiot who doesn't understand you. The truth is, these are symptoms of unhappiness, not the cause. And with anything emotional, the cause of unhappiness is inside you, not in the world around you. Introspection isn't something most people are comfortable with, and it's definitely not the easy path. In my corporate life, I used a tool called the five whys. It's a way to peel back the layers of the onion, so to speak, to get to the true root cause of an issue. People are complicated, and often the obvious answer isn't so obvious. Here's an example of the five whys. Let's say you don't like your job anymore. Ask yourself the first question, why am I unhappy? Maybe I'm unhappy because I don't like my job. 
Okay, why don't I like my job? Well, I don't like my job because my boss treats me like an idiot. Well, why does my boss treat me like an idiot? I feel like she treats me this way because she doesn't respect my skills and doesn't see my worth, and it's important to me that she recognize my value in the organization. Okay, why is it important to you that others recognize your value? Well, it's important to me because external validation is something that makes me feel good and motivates me to do the best job I can. Okay, why do you have such a large need for external validation? I grew up in a home where there wasn't very much of it, and consequently, I struggle with recognizing my own value. This is an example of how to use the five whys tool. It's like being a two-year-old, right? You just ask why, 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 why. The number of whys isn't important. You might need more or fewer whys, but what is important is that you get down to the root cause of the issue. Of course, I'd be a little remiss if I didn't also point out that sometimes the obvious answer is the correct one. Sometimes a bad boss is just a bad boss. Maybe you've just been unfortunate enough to have gotten the short end of the stick when it comes to bosses, and a change in departments or a different job will do the trick. Either way, getting to the true answer to why am I dissatisfied is the first crucial step to finding a solution. So this brings us to stage two, which is realization. If you remember, this is a stage where you realize that the situation you're in isn't going to be fixed by waiting for the feeling to go away or by making small tweaks and changes. You've been following somebody else's vision for a while now, and for a while, at least, it was your vision too. You believed in the mission, and it gave you a sense of purpose. But that's changed, and you realize that you want to follow your own vision and make your own path. It might have taken you a few turns or a few different jobs or bosses to get there, but you're there now, and that's what's important. You want to start your own business. There's a certain euphoria that comes along with this stage. So let's talk about what questions to ask next. The question in this stage is actually a two-parter. Question number 2A. If all other concerns were put to the side, what would I want to spend my time doing? Put another way... If you had no concerns about money, familial obligations, or anything else requiring your time and energy, and bear with me, I know this isn't going to be the real case for anyone, but the question is a means to an end. I know it's hard to think this way. We're used to, no, we're conditioned to thinking about our lives in the context of everything else going on around us. Jobs, money, kids, parents, spouses, mortgages, and so many other responsibilities. It's really hard to step outside of this framework and think about your life, your desires, um, anything in isolation. This will probably require some intentional personal time. And what I mean by that is you need to go someplace where you can be alone without being distracted by these responsibilities. Clear your mind. Meditation can help with this. And really think about what you want to spend your time doing. And I'm not talking about the surface stuff, like I want to spend my time making jewelry or baking bread. Not that those aren't good things to do. You need to go deeper. Maybe you want to spend your time helping others find their passions or working to save the environment. Once you've done that, this brings us to the second part of this question, which is factoring in family, financial, and other concerns, what can I do? So in the first part, I asked you to step outside of your current responsibilities and consider yourself in isolation. I'm now asking you to step back into the real world where we all live. 
This is the necessary dose of reality. Financially, what can you afford to do in the short and long term? Do you have other current or coming commitments that are important to you? Maybe caring for your aging parents or finishing a degree or helping your kids through college? While this is a reality check, it's important to keep in mind that this should be done with a creativity lens. What do I mean by a creativity lens? I mean that while you do this, don't just assume that because you have a current responsibility that you are completely or even partially limited by that responsibility. This is where a lot of small business ideas die on the vine. Budding entrepreneurs identify a passion and an idea for the business, but they assume that because they have to deal with all of their other responsibilities, that it can't become a reality. It's really helpful at this stage to enlist the input of family and friends. They can help you brainstorm options for handling these other responsibilities that will still allow you to move forward with the business. In my experience, you can find creative ways to accommodate or work around just about anything. So this brings us to the third stage, which is hope. This is the stage where you know you want to start your own business. You've got an idea and you're ready to start putting the wheels in motion. This is a learning stage. Chances are you're starting your first business and while you have a lot of other professional and personal experience, this is a brand new animal. You're going to have to do your homework and figure out how to make that happen. The reason this stage is called hope though is because as you do the research and find out more about how to actually start and run your own business, you start to feel like, yes, I can do this. You're probably still working your day job, but you launch your business and it feels awesome. You're making things happen and spending every free minute working on your new baby. There is a lot of things competing for your attention at this stage and you're probably exhausted most of the time, but you know you're on the right path. This brings us to question number three. How do you make everything, side hustle, day job, family, social life, etc., work together? This stage is hard. It's a great feeling to be going down a path that excites and motivates you, but there's a lot more to it. Chances are you're still holding down your full-time day job and, oh yeah, you have a family and friends clamoring for your attention as well. I'd recommend having some conversations with your friends and family before you get to this stage. You're going to find out pretty quickly in this stage which of your friends and family are on your side. I don't mean that some of them don't love you. They do, or at least I hope they do. But they may not be able to provide you with the support you need during this time. You still need to discuss it with them. You're not going through this in isolation, but they'll be affected by your choices and they have a right to know what to expect. Some, hopefully most, will fully support you, but a few will do everything they can to discourage you and end your business before it's gotten started. This is where tough choices are made. You need to be honest with yourself. The truth is, you can have everything, but you can't have everything at once. Something or someone will suffer during this stage, but keep in mind this is temporary and enlisting the support of those around you is invaluable during this time. The people around you who truly value you will step up and it's those people who you want to stay closest to. And that brings us to stage number four, grind. This is the stage in which your baby is starting to walk. Your business is starting to grow. New clients are signing up. People are buying what you're selling. You're working a lot, probably more than you ever did in your day job. And since there's just you, you're the one personally delivering every service or product you offer 
in addition to doing all the behind the scenes stuff. It's exciting and fun to be able to deliver what you do to people and that they want it. But on the flip side, you are exhausted. You're doing literally everything and your baby is sucking up every minute of your day and then some. Your family, your social life, your health, everything is suffering and you don't know quite what to do. You need help, but the business isn't quite big enough financially to be able to hire someone. Which brings us to the question you want to ask in this stage. And that is, how are you going to protect yourself physically and emotionally? The reality is that this stage will take you to your physical and emotional limit. And if you're not careful, it will chew you up and spit you out. This is where most small businesses fail. Don't give up at this point. There is light at the end of the tunnel. It's important to realize before you get to this point that you need to take care of yourself. I know what you're thinking. I can't step away for even a minute. My business is just starting to take off. If I ignore it now for even a short amount of time, my customers will go somewhere else. Well, let me tell you a little secret. It's not ignoring your business. It's actually the opposite. It's ensuring your business doesn't die on the vine after it kills you. You need to find a way to step back, even if it's just for an hour to go to the gym or sit outside and enjoy the evening sunset. Yes, you may not get a customer's question answered as quickly as you have been answering them. You might even lose a potential customer uh, or a lead that could have led to a sale. But better that than getting stressed out to the point that you chuck the whole business and give up. This sounds extreme, But if you've been at this point, you know how dismal everything can seem. And pressing pause, even for a short time, can mean that you live to fight another day. And sometimes that's the best we can do. And that takes us to the fifth and final stage of entrepreneurship, which is balance. This is the stage where you're transitioning from working nearly 100% in your business to working more on your business. Until now, your business has been a baby. It couldn't survive without you. While that's always kind of an ego boost, it's not a good long-term plan. In this stage, you're developing the infrastructure that will allow your baby to leave the nest or your business to function without you in it 100% of the time. You're hiring help. You're putting the systems and processes in place to allow your staff to execute according to your vision consistently. You're setting your now adult business up with the systems it needs to function on its own. Which brings us to the question. Question number five. What kind of adult do you want your baby business to grow into? There are a lot of options at this stage. You could be working toward a business that will completely stand on its own while you relax with a fruity drink on the beach in Mexico. Or you could be working toward a business that you are still very involved in, doing either the backroom administrative functions or being hands-on in product delivery or anything in between. This might be something you thought about in the early stages, but many people don't. You need to decide where you're going and what you need from your business to get there. SOPs or standard operating procedures are very important at this stage. No matter how hands-on you want to be in your business, chances are that you aren't alone. You have employees, and you want them to be able to deliver the same stellar and personal service that you've delivered in the early stages of your business. It's your job as the business owner to set your employees up to succeed. 
This means providing clear, documented processes and making sure they're trained adequately to follow these processes. If you do this and you don't hire perfect employees, because we all know there are no perfect employees, you simply need to hire pretty good employees who can follow your perfect processes. So those are the key questions to answer at the different stages. These aren't the only questions you'll have to answer. There's a million other smaller questions to ask and things to figure out, but you'll do that as you go. These are the big picture questions. By taking the time to really think about and answer honestly these questions, you'll set yourself up for being able to make decisions and answer all the smaller questions based on a foundation and a grand plan. This will make everything flow easier and allow you to stay the course and build the business you always imagined you could. That's our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I would love it if you'd leave me a review on whatever platform you're tuning in on. You can also find me at thepetbusinesscoach.dog or check out my blog at imnotthekidnextdoor.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, you always have a choice. Don't forget to choose happiness.